So I want to get into the message. We started a new series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit beginning last week. And last week we talked about the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. We did them together. This week we're going to talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit called the gift of faith. Now this topic is a little more complicated because there's a measure of faith and you can walk in faith and there's the gift of faith. But we're going to do our best to make it clear and talk about the gift of faith. Now there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that are listed in scripture and they are listed in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7. So let's read those right now. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the Holy Spirit in Scripture, and for today, if you're a believer, you've accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit is available, and he wants to fill you, he wants to give you gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the believer's benefit, and for us to fulfill the purpose and destiny that the church is meant to fulfill. Now, if you continue reading in that chapter and the chapter following, you will see that the gifts are given differently and as the Holy Spirit wills, so we need each other. We need one another with our different gifts to work together. And when we do that, We glorify God and we see his kingdom purpose done right here on earth, right here in Slave Lake and right here in church. Now, we've been going through this and beginning to talk about the gifts, and I want you to understand the gifts are not just for this church setting. The Holy Spirit gifts are meant to be used everywhere and anywhere that you are because the Holy Spirit resides in you and flows and works through you. So where you are, His gifts can be operating. Now, last weekend, we were simply talking about word of wisdom and word of knowledge, but I had mentioned in those services as well that the gifts work together. And on the Saturday night service, we had a word of knowledge about somebody with a painful elbow. And I was explaining how the gifts have to work together. And uh, this lady told me after that, the night before... She had been kept awake all night with the amount of pain she was having. And it was something that's been ongoing for a long, long time. So I explained to the church, well, that's good. She'd feel encouraged. God knows about her pain, right? But if the gifts are working together, God wants to do more than just let her know that he knows. And uh, so I asked at that service if anyone knew that they worked with the gifts of healing. And nobody put their hand up. I asked if anybody wanted to work with the gift of healing, and nobody put their hand up. So as your pastor, I picked somebody. Well, I I asked if they'd be okay, too. And one of the ladies there, and I I won't name them in case they don't want everybody to know, but they said, sure, I'm willing. And so I asked them to come pray for this other lady with the elbow issue. They prayed, and I said, okay, here's how you would pray in faith. You actually have to tell the pain to leave, and, you know, by the Holy Spirit, 
They did that, and then I asked the lady with the elbow pain, okay, you got to tell us, how does it feel now? And she, it's good, I don't feel any pain, but I feel a lot of heat. And often when Holy Spirit's doing something, there is heat there. And uh, the other lady who had prayed for her said, I felt heat go through my arm as well. Uh, That lady testified last night that she has had no pain since her elbow is completely healed. So praise God for that. That's awesome. And that's people using their gifts, okay? So Holy Spirit wants to do things. He wants to work through you and I. But today, specifically, we're going to look at the gift of faith. Now, faith, here's a definition I give for faith. It's believing or knowing something that produces determined persistent action, an action that will result in impossible things coming to pass. Okay, that might be a long definition, but let me read it again. Faith is believing or knowing that produces determined, passionate, persistent action that will result in impossible things coming to pass. Look at Hebrews 11 and verse 1, if you will. Hebrews chapter 11 is called the faith chapter, and it talks a lot about faith. And we're just going to read the first few verses. It says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke, and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. You see, it takes faith to believe that it was all created because we weren't there, so we're believing something we didn't see with our natural eyes. We have a knowing, and the proof is in the supernatural, not the natural. So that's a little bit of an idea of what faith is. Verse 4, it says, Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. By faith, Abel still speaks instruction to us today, even though he's long dead. If you know the story of Cain and Abel, they were Adam and Eve's sons, and a time came when they gave a sacrifice to God, And we can tell from the way it's written that they were obviously told how to give a sacrifice. And at that time, sacrifice had to be an animal. There had to be a shedding of blood to cover sin. And so Abel offered a sacrifice as he was directed. And I want to just make a point here when we talk about faith. True faith follows God's direction. It's not just random, made up, or kind of on whatever we think. Okay, It follows God's direction, and obedience is definitely a part of faith. Now verse 5, faith translated Enoch from this life, and he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. For before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. Now listen to verse 6. Without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. All right, let me ask you a question. Who wants to please God? All right, that's good. You all put your hand up. 
Of course we do. Well, Scripture says you must be willing to work and operate in faith if you want to please Him. And, of course, we're going to talk a little more about what that faith is. Verse 7, faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warning from God about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By faith, the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. Now, when we talk about faith, we're talking again about being obedient, following God's direction, and when we do that, God answers and rewards. You see, God says, if you'll step out when I direct, I'll reward you. And he never fails. Now, when we talk about faith, I've got to look at this uh, aspect that maybe some of you are even wondering, well, is the gift of faith the only kind of faith? Well, according to Scripture, no. There's actually something called the measure of faith, which is given to everyone so that they can accept Christ, so that they can believe it, okay? It's just given to everyone the measure of faith, and then there is this gift of faith. Look at Romans 12, verse 3. We'll just look at the measure of faith so you see the difference. It says, because of the grace that God gave me, I can say to each one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Instead, be reasonable since God has measured out a portion of faith to each one of you. So God gives a measure of faith that makes it possible for anyone to believe the good news of Jesus Christ, the fact that he died, that he came. Because you see, each one of you here who are a believer, you had to have faith to believe something you've never seen. You didn't see him die on the cross, so you have faith to believe that this story is real and that he really did it. And then to walk and to follow him, you have faith to believe something you didn't see. Now, when you step out in that faith, God rewards. And for many of you, you've felt his love. You've felt his peace. Maybe you've seen his healing. You've sensed his changing your life. So now it's easy to believe, right? But the initial step, you didn't see anything. But he gave you the faith to believe. Romans 3 and verse 21 says it in a little bit different way. It says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even uh, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's where the faith comes in. To all and on all who believe, for there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In other words, that faith is given to everyone so that they don't have an excuse, oh, I just can't believe. He says, no, I'm giving every person the ability to believe for salvation. And Ephesians verse, chapter 2, verse 8 also speaks to this. Ephesians 2, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So what does that mean? The salvation is a free gift. That's what the word grace means. God sent his son, it says in John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, 
that the world through him might be saved. It was completely free. God said, you know what? I want people to be able to have a relationship with me again. I don't want them to be destroyed for eternity. I'm giving them this free gift. But he didn't stop there from what we've just read. He also gave everybody the ability to believe it. This is amazing, isn't it? When you think of it, there is no reason somebody can't be saved except I'm going to be stubborn and I don't want to. Because he gave the free gift and then he also gives the ability to believe. Often people who are not willing to accept Christ as their savior, they've been through something or they know somebody who was a Christian who offended them or hurt them. They have the ability to believe, but because of offense or hurt, they resist it. Then there's others possibly because of pride don't want to receive it. Well, it's so simple. It's just good. That's the way God meant it. Believe him, receive it. If someone's listening to this message and you haven't yet received him, there's no reason why not. Go ahead, ask him to be your savior and receive him. And I can tell you right now, your life will begin to change because he's that good. It's by faith. If you're waiting to understand every aspect of it, then there's no faith involved. It's by faith. Faith means you won't totally see it all in the natural or understand it in the natural. Faith requires an invisible part, a knowing from something you yet don't understand or can't yet see. Now that is the measure of faith which is given to all. But today I want to look a little further at the gift of faith. What is the difference? Well, the gift of faith is an unshakable faith for specific situations. And this kind of faith always produces action and causes impossible things to take place. Always. That's why it's called faith. You see, faith, if you can make it happen on your own, isn't faith at all. Faith requires you to take a step into the unknown because God directed it. All right? And again, it's not faith if it's just some weird idea you had. It's got to be God directed to be faith. Faith follows God's leading in his direction, which there's a whole bunch in here about it, but also he can put into your spirit what he wants done. Okay? So remember that. Faith moves. Now this gift of faith is for specific situations, and when it works through you, you can believe for unbelievable things, and there's no fear, because fear is the opposite of faith. You know what? Fear believes the worst is going to happen. Faith believes God's best is going to happen. You know what? I'm believing in 2022 God's best is going to happen for myself, my family, and our church, and then our community, because it keeps going. Who's believing with me for God's best in 2022? All right, because when people believe, what happens? They receive what they're believing. Mark 11 and verse 22. Jesus talks about faith. And Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, You can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. Now, the key is faith. Do you believe if you pray for that, God will give it? Faith 
is the key. Anything. That's pretty amazing that Jesus would say that. But I believe it's real and it's true and it's for us. So what are we believing for in 2022? What are you believing for, for your business, for your household, for your work? Are you believing for God to overflow? Are you believing for God to give you health? Are you believing for God to bless you and bless the economy around you? Church, let's believe for that. Let's believe for good. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to give us the gift of faith. Now, there's one more aspect of faith that I have to bring up as we continue on. Church, as a believer, even if you don't feel you've received the Holy Spirit gift of faith, you can still walk in faith. Because any believer can have a strong faith simply by getting to know their God they serve. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more you hear of His goodness, your faith will become real to you. The more you hear of other people getting healed, you'll suddenly believe it's real for me. Why not? The more you see and hear of God's word, that faith can build. But today, I want to look again at the gift of faith because I believe God's wanting us as a body, a church, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit more than we ever have. All right? Now, also, when we talk about these gifts, you know what? Some of you may already be operating in them and just not know it. When we talked about word of knowledge and wisdom, some of you might have this wisdom and you just know what to do in the situation. And, you know, you've just always thought, that's cool. I'm so smart. But really, it's the Holy Spirit giving you that wisdom. Okay? So I really believe some of you are just going to be like, oh, that's my gift. That's what I've been working in. Now, there's many examples in Scripture. Let's look at a few of them today. One of the uh, Scriptures we just touched on at the beginning was about Noah in Hebrews 11, verse 7. It said, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah had to step out in obedience to God and do something that had never been done before. Nobody had ever built a boat that big. You see, faith may require you to do something different than it's ever been done. But not only that for Noah, he had to do something that had never been done before because something was coming that had never happened before. So think about Noah. He's heard this from God and he has to go tell his wife. Dear wife, God has just asked me to build a giant boat that has never been built before. We don't even know, you know, is this going to work? But he's saying it will because it's going to rain. And his wife says, what's rain? It had never rained before. Mist came up from the ground during Noah's day. The atmosphere and everything was different. That's why they lived hundreds and hundreds of years. It had never rained. Can you imagine being Noah? I'm going to build this thing because God told me it's never been done, but I'm going to do it because he said something's coming that's never happened. I think I know why the rest of the world didn't believe Noah when he preached. I'm just saying, would you and I have? Everything's always going to be the same. No, it's not. And Noah talked to his wife, and his wife had faith and believed. Noah talked to his three sons and their wives, and they had faith and believed. Yep, 
God's talking to our dad. This is real. We're going to do it. We're going to come alongside him and we're going to do this. But you know what? That faith wasn't just for a month. That faith wasn't just for a year. Noah and his family were building that boat for 75 years. 75 years holding on to what God said and we're going to build it. We're going to do it. 75 years and still they'd never seen rain. Oh my goodness. Noah had faith. But can I tell you, his wife and his sons and their wives, I think they had even more faith. Because they didn't hear it directly from God. They had to say, well, we believe this. We believe this. I don't know if they ever had doubts about Noah and what he heard. Apparently not, because for 75 years, they built with him. When he said it's time to get in the boat, they got in the boat. Faith will require you to step out, possibly in things that haven't been done before, and then God says, because of this, I'm going to do things that have never happened before. Another person in Scripture who's well-known is Moses. He was also a man of faith and had to step out in faith many times. I'm going to read Exodus 14 and verse 15 to 16. And it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, if you know this story, the children of Israel had left Egypt. They'd finally been told to leave after all the plagues. And now they're up against the Red Sea. And the armies are coming behind them. And they began to say, God, why did you bring us here? Oh, no. And they are getting worried and they're crying out. And God says to Moses, you know, why are you crying to me? Go forward. And then he says these little words to Moses. Moses, lift up your rod, stretch your hand over the sea, and divide it. He told Moses to divide it. By looking like a complete fool, standing over the edge of the water with his rod out, to do something that had never, ever been done before. To see a wall of water on either side and dry ground through the middle so the people could walk. I don't know about you, but if I was Moses at that moment, what would I have been thinking? Now, for Moses, he had seen a few miracles by that time, hadn't he? Some miracles that covered the entire land. His faith had been getting built. But can you imagine him saying, okay, Moses, you're the leader. You stretch your rod out there. You look like an idiot, but you divide this. In other words, Moses had to believe, when I stretch this out, that water's dividing because God told me to do it. Wow, that is some serious faith. What if Moses had decided he didn't want to do it because he'd look like an idiot? What if Moses was like, yeah, but what if I put my rod out and nothing happens? They're all going to look at me. I'm not going to do it. Well, we'd have a whole different story here, guys. Because those waters would not have parted if somebody didn't step out in faith. You see, God works today through people, through you and I. And if people don't step out in faith, he can't bring to pass what he wants to bring to pass. It's that simple. God can do anything. Sure he can, but he chooses to work through people. And faith is what causes impossible things to happen. Faith means you need to take action as he directs. If God tells you to do it, believe it and do it. Now, Jesus also spoke of faith. Of course, 
Jesus was the Son of God. His faith was amazing. He was filled with the Holy Spirit when he got water baptized. But he also speaks about other people's faith. Look at Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27 to 30. It says, After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. And apparently as they were going, Jesus ignored them and didn't answer. Because in verse 28 it says, They followed and went right into the house where he was staying. And Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened and they could see Jesus And they could see. Jesus sternly warned them, don't tell anyone about this. Jesus was not trying to get a huge crowd. He had a mission he needed to accomplish. However, this miracle that happened was not because of Jesus' faith. It was because of their faith. Because this is important. I want you to get this. The things that God has for your life are dependent on your faith to believe him for it. What he wants to do with your business is dependent on your faith to believe he can prosper it. Are you able to listen and to step out? Because if you are, he's got great things for your life. You see, what happens in your life isn't dependent on the pastor's faith. I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to get you stirred up and I'm going to give you God's word to build you and build your faith. But what happens in your life will be dependent on your faith. Stepping out in faith is an important thing. You guys, stepping out in faith will change your destiny, change your future. Your faith, not mine, not the elders, not the board, your faith. You know, faith is something that each of us needs to step into and take part of. But I want to tell you as a church that faith plays a part in what we do as well. You know, last year was an interesting year, and our board had to step out in faith. Our leadership teams had to step out in faith. Many of you might remember last year at this time, over the Christmas season, and for at least two weeks into January, we couldn't have church. We were under restriction. We were completely shut down. Nobody meeting. And as a board, they know if nobody's here, they're wondering to themselves, what are people giving? What's going to be happening We didn't know for sure if they're going to let us open up. What is the year going to look like? But in the natural, that might have been, we don't know what's going to happen, so we should be fearful and do things out of fear. But we had a board that said, no, let's step out in faith. Now, some of you may not know, but at that time, in the November before we were getting into that shutdown time, our longtime renters from the other side of our building had also stepped away. They had moved into somewhere else. And so that was a loss to the church of about $5,000 a month. So we started the year in that kind of condition. And in prayer, as a leader and as the board, we said, you know what? We're not going to rent it out. We're going to use it for kids' ministry. We're going to start a preschool, and we're going to move forward as God directs. That's a step of faith because we didn't even know when they were going to really let us open. And the leadership team said, you know what? Let's step out in faith and see what God will do. 
I can tell you this, looking back on it, at the time we just went into it. Now we get to look back and you go, what did God do? God blessed abundantly. We got a little ways into it and we realized this preschool stuff, well, first of all, we realized the building's going to need to have doors and different holes and renovations, and so it's going to cost some more money and there's more expense. And then we realized our church administrator's going to need a lot more hours because, boy, is there a lot of paperwork for starting a preschool. And of course, we'd need a preschool teacher. And so we continued through, and then in the fall, we'd, we need a youth pastor. Let's hire a youth pastor. Now, our board used some wisdom as well because early in the year they said, well, let's cut back on the budget. We don't want to spend foolishly. When we look back now on this year, I have some good news. God moved mightily through the year. There were miracles and healings. There were 40 people gave their life to Christ over the year. The preschool was started, and they're basically full of students at the preschool. All the paperwork done. The church, and you were a part of it, gave faithfully, and we surpassed the budget by over $50,000. And we came out of the year with a net profit because God is faithful. But what if we had instead operated in fear instead of faith? This would definitely be a different story in a different church. Thank the Lord that your leadership teams, and it means all of them because it's not just one person that leads this church boards and elders, everybody chose to step out in faith, and God honored it. This year is going to be even greater. Hey, we got to actually have church this Christmas and this new year. It's going to be a great year, and God will once again ask us to step out in faith somewhere. Why? Because he gets the glory when we do. No person gets it, he does. Faith in operation produces amazing things. One more story that comes to my mind that I'm going to share here is a story that happened to my wife and I many years ago. And at that time, we had a little girl, and she was at the age where she was sitting up pretty good, whatever age that would be, young. And we went to some meetings, big tent meetings back in the day, and came back from those tent meetings, and it, the tent meetings were all about faith, and there was miracles happening, and people were testifying about miracles, and we even brought a couple little books about faith and miracles, and we were really encouraged. And we came home, and it was just evening time, and my wife said, well, let's, let's give our little baby a bath, because, you know, it's been quite the weekend. I've, we typically camp out wherever, and so we were giving her a bath, and she was sitting in the bath, and my wife said, can you watch her for a bit? And she turned her back to do some other stuff there in the washroom, and I was supposed to watch her, but then we started visiting. And if anybody knows me, when I visit, I look at you, and I don't focus on anything else. I don't know how long we visited, but all of a sudden, my wife turned back, looked past me, and she screamed. And our baby was under the water. And I jumped, I could see her under the water, her eyes were big, she wasn't really moving, and I grabbed her to bring her up out of the water, and when I grabbed her to bring her up out of the water, then she jerked forward, and she was face down in the tub like this. And my wife screamed again, and she ran out of the washroom, and she was going for the phone, and she was going to call the hospital or the ambulance. Now, this was before the days of 911 in this area. 
And she couldn't uh, remember the number. And she couldn't find it because she was panicking. And I knew some first aid. I'd taken first aid and I, I got the baby out and I was trying all the first aid I know and probably not doing any of it right, but I was doing what I could and, you know, the pat on the back, they do this. And then I was thought, you know what, I need to give her, maybe mouth to mouth will do it. I went to give her mouth to mouth, her mouth was cold and she wasn't moving. My wife had come back to the washroom and when she saw me there with the baby, no movement, nothing happened. She collapsed in the hallway and began to cry. And I remember thinking, I've done everything. And all of a sudden, it came to my mind, I haven't even prayed. And I believe God dropped that gift of faith because I felt this stir in me like never before. And I looked at that little baby and I shouted, in the name of Jesus. And she jerked and began to scream, began to cry. And I took her to her mom sitting in the hallway and gave her to her because God is good. And that little baby is now 21 years old doing great things for God. He's good. Can I tell you, faith to believe for the impossible is what God wants us to do. And the gift of faith he wants to give you, it goes beyond your understanding. It goes beyond what you're seeing. And suddenly you can believe for something that nobody else can. Faith is truly the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. You know it and you can't shake it. And because you know it, you act. Now, I'm going to mention this probably in every one of the messages I do on the gifts. And it's this, we should desire and ask for the gifts, but none of them are any good without love. Scripture makes that clear. We must have love. The gifts aren't to be famous or well-known or to show off. The gifts need to be working through us in love to see God's purpose fulfilled. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, we read this. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love must be the center and the reason we want the gifts to flow through us. We need to have love for those around us that don't yet know Christ. We need to love and pray for them. We need to allow the gifts to work through us in love. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1. It's my last verse this morning. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So you and I are told that we should go after and desire these spiritual gifts and we can ask for them. And we can ask God to use them and work through us in love. These gifts are for our good. They're for us to be able to affect our world and fulfill our destiny. Remember, Jesus told his followers, I want you to go witness to the world, change the world. But he said, wait, don't go until you're filled with the Holy Spirit power. Why? If you're witnessing to someone, if you're telling him about God, there's nothing better than God's gift, his supernatural working through you. There's nothing more real. And people can't resist love. Did you know that? 
Everybody in this world needs God's love. And if it's flowing through you, they can't resist it. You're like, oh, there's this one old guy at work. I don't think he'd be. Trust me. God created everybody with a need for his love. And when it flows through you, it changes people. Let it flow through you. Let the gifts work through you. We're going to finish with a prayer to ask the Holy Spirit to let his gift work through us, if that's what you want. I mean, if after all this preaching, you're kind of scared of it, that's bad preaching on my part. But otherwise, everybody probably should want it who's a, a believer. Now, if you're not yet a Christian, uh, you need to become a Christian to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And being a Christian simply means you ask him to come into your heart, to forgive you, and to make you new, okay? So, so then all of us are in a spot where we can ask Holy Spirit to fill us and allow gifts to work through us. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right where you are. So if you'll bow your head, and you can repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you I'm already saved, and now I'm asking you, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Cause your gifts to work through me. The specific gift I'm desiring, let me work in it. I thank you, Jesus. I will be a vessel for you. Amen.